Only in Chicago can the low 30s be considered a warm <laughs> neutrino. <laughs> uh, what, what a delight to be with you guys this morning. Uh, I was able to spend some time with uh, Peter in the, uh, in the Catalyst, the, the uh, servant leadership forum that you guys do, talk to them about that. And uh, I have been, this will be this July, my 40th year in uh, urban ministry. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, my wife and I also, we will be married 40 years on the 28th of this month. Um, Blessed, blessed to have three children that uh, look uh, more, I, I don't know if they look more like me or my wife, but uh, my, my oldest son, who, who died some years ago, uh, he was a young Nubian prince, uh, 6'3", caramel-colored, uh, dreadlocks, chokers, and... and, and uh, Tattoos and a very gentle heart. I uh, got my ear pierced. Uh, my kids are all tatted up. I mean, they're just like, you know, and they and they paid for tattoos for me to have, but I haven't had the like the courage to get mine yet. You know, I, I can like just put a little, have a little ear reminder of my son every morning. Uh, we we as a family. Uh, lived our lives among those who are poor and those who are unlovely. And we have been called by Christ amazingly to do the very same things that New Community's mission statement says. Uh, if you look in the, in the, in the bulletin, it talks, about, it talks about Christ and community and cause. And this was done, Peter, without you knowing it. But these three points are my three points in my sermon today. Now, either the wisdom from Wichita, Kansas radiated to, I doubt that very much, or there is a real sense of deep connection and camaraderie between what New Community is doing and what I believe we as Christians must do today. I'd like to talk to you today about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Uh, this is a significant idea. It's not a hard idea. It's really pretty, pretty basic, and it's very profound. But it, it can be summarized in the elements of New Community's mission statement. Now, I am a person of profound nearsightedness. I am so nearsighted that I... I I think my first tattoo will be the prescription. Uh, I mean, I, I, I cannot function without glasses. I am, I am completely nearsighted. I mean, if I don't wear glasses, I, can't, I can make out nothing. I'm sort of like the biblical character that Jesus, he was sort of, he was not fully healed yet, and he saw people like trees. You know, I always talk to my, my eye doctor that there's probably, uh, and, and I, I think I'm beginning to, influences research uh, in the connection between nearsightedness and brilliance. Because I am so profoundly nearsighted. I, I can see like nothing without glasses. But when I have glasses, I can see things very well. Uh, I am convinced that the Christian life, of all the great metaphors in the New Testament, some of those that are most important have to do with the way we see things the way we see things. Now, if you have, uh, even if you have corrective lenses, if you, if you get the right adjustments and you are examined, you can begin to see things as they really are, not as you think they are. And to be a Christian is always to view life as it is, not as it appears. Now, it can appear, we just prayed for our dear, the dear families and the brothers who were beheaded recently, the Egyptian Coptic Christians uh, who, were, who lost their life tragic, tragically through the ISIS violence. We can look at that and think that that is completely defeatist 
and, and destructive. It is. It is horrible. It's tragic. It's, 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 it should have never happened. But because we are Christians and we see things in a different way, we need never be intimidated by anyone over anything. Now, I'm a black preacher, so I probably preach a little louder than Peter. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it seems like the next time I come to Newcom, you should get your Negro version of, of your headset. This, the color decor does not go well with a black dude. I know your, I know your community is like dramatically committed to justice and unity and reconciliation. Let me say right now that for black men who preach a new community, we need a Negro version of your headset. Thank you very much. I like being a Negro. I like being a Negro. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, 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 am a, I get off track. I promise you I will not waste your time. What I'm saying is important. I think you'll want to hear it. But, there are, but, but there's, there's a few things that I just have to say. I was, I was preaching in a suburban church and a little toe-headed, I mean just, just blonde-headed, little cow-eyed, beautiful little girl was following me around. And wherever I go, she would go. And I just, and I would, hello, little sister, how you doing? I'm good to meet you. And wherever I went, she was there. And her mama, I think it was her mama, was following her. And she, you know, finally I just said, you know, she probably has a question. Her mom said, she has a question for you. I said, good. Well, what's, what's your question, little, little sis? She said, why does your brown skin end suddenly right there? And I looked at, oh, no, my, my skin ends suddenly. You, you know, as a matter of fact, I told her that the Lord spray painted me. Uh, which, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. I left, I left horrible memories in the little child's mind. <laughs> yes, we are different. Yes, we are different. God has made us different. That difference makes all the difference, especially in the body of Christ. And we see things differently. We, in the, in the, in the New Testament, to see as God sees is called faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We do not say, I will believe it when I see it. We say, I see it because I believe it. There are certain things you'll never understand if you do not believe. You can only see them because you believe. If you, if you believe, then all of life opens up. And what I tell my students uh, we, we essentially, my dear colleagues and friends, the Osmonds, are with me today. Uh, we are going to be speaking with officials with the Evangelical Covenant Church tomorrow, talking about different ways that we can partner in theological education, tr church planning, all kinds of different neat things. It's always wonderful to be with them here. They're from Burbank. I know it's colder here than Burbank. It, it, well, it, I know you agree with that. God honors faith. This is the most fundamental thing. Most of us, if we haven't already memorized it, we should know the text that says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Through faith, we get to see what the Bible, what I think is alluded to. Uh, for my students, I talk about the really real. There's what appears to be happening, and then there's the unseen a priori world that dictates everything that's going on in this one. As Christians, we know that what we go through is not the end. As a matter of fact, it's what, what we see is the result of another world that's unseen. I'll say my own amens. Uh, I, that was a pregnant pause, allowing you to participate, if you want to, in a very cross-cultural uh, experience. Yeah, preach. Yeah. Don't, don't make me feel too at home. This is very comfortable up here. Uh, thank you so much, Peter, for allowing me to preach until three o'clock. I just appreciate it. Just, that would have been very wrong cross-culturally, right? <laughs> 
Guys, to be, to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus, to be an assembly of God, to be an outpost of Christ, to be in the world and not of it means that we see what is really real. This forms our spiritual identity because as the text says, we live by what we believe, not by what we can see. This idea is why the mission statement of Newcom is so important. You, if to live by what we believe says we have a whole new set of, of morals and values, our whole understanding of destiny, our, our identity, everything that we are, our view of government and sex and power and law, our view of power and money and, and, and everything is changed because we are disciples and we live by things that we n- not necessarily can can just touch or the things that appear to us. Now, there is a place uh, in, 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 in our world, uh, sort of a alternative worlds. I love that your mission statement, an alternative Chicago. I went to grad school in this area, and so the, the, the old Chicago, the regular Chicago, over against the alternate Chicago. I love that. I, I, I'm very, I, I love images and those things. Uh, in my family, uh, we are storytellers. I am, I am one of eight children uh, in my family. My mother was one of 15. In my family, if you have like five kids, uh, you'll get a lecture on why you don't like kids. I mean, you only have like six kids. What's the matter with that? I mean, I mean I, I, we could fill this room. Uh, with all my kinfolk. Our family gatherings are huge. In all of my family, we tell stories. Uh, My children were all English majors. My daughter is a professor of English at the University of Lafayette. When they were in the womb, we read them stories. And when we get together as a family, we tell stories. And we can tell them well. You know what I mean? Like, in the seventh year of the seventh month, the seventh son was born. I mean, we, 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 can, we can weave a story and with gestures. and I mean, we, we are storytellers. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an English lit dad. That's what my, 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 my wife and my, my children, they're all, they're all great English students. And there are two parts of, of literature where in those worlds, nothing is as it appears. And I believe the biblical world is very much like what's going on in those worlds. Those two worlds are fairy tales and comic books. In those worlds, everything is different. You can't see a dainty Cinderella here. But I can illustrate this with Cinderella. Cinderella, you know the story. It's given in many, many cultures. This beautiful, petite, lovely little, 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 little dainty person is down in the basement scrubbing and filling with things while her big hairy foot, hobbit foot sisters uh, get to go and, 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 you know, maneuver. And you know the way the story goes. She's left out, but, but, but a shaft of grace comes to her in a, in a fairy godmother, completely unforeseen by her, transformed pumpkins and mice in all of this, and all of a sudden she becomes the princess just until midnight when she has to flee, and, and she does. And, of course, uh, we know the story. She leaves a slipper, and all the feet in the kingdom, of all of them, this slipper only fits her foot. What, what you think you see when you talk to Cinderella in the basement ain't who Cinderella really is, Right? That's the way a fairy tale works. Or if you don't like that, what about the ugly duckling? Ugly duckling is a, is a great story. There's a duckling who is sort of adopted into a duck family, and his head is like wobbly than the others. His feet are wide. His colors are different. People look at him and say, man, what's the problem with you? Look at this big head sucker trying to be a part of our family. Man, you was ugly. Look at you. You ain't nothing. And they laughed at him, made fun of him. But when he finally grows to maturity, to who he is, when, when, when all that he is, yet unseen, becomes manifest, he becomes greater than any of them. 
They have to look at him for who he is. You can't interview him when he's small and understand who he is. Now, some of y'all ain't in the fairy tales, but maybe you're in the, like, comic book. Uh, you know, I love Bruce Banner. I, I love comic books a lot. Bruce Banner, you know who he is. He is, he is this guy who is studying and trying to understand gamma radiation. He has, a, he has an accident in the lab. All of a sudden, he's exposed to all this gamma radiation. Now, looking at Bruce Banner, I think I could take Bruce Banner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shoot. He, he's not a big dude. He doesn't look very strong, but get him mad. Get him mad, he'll tear this building into shreds. You can never think in comic books, you can never know who you're talking to because what you see is not what's there. You have to read on in the story. You have to understand it well. Then you understand the way things really are. You don't begin with what you see. You go beyond what you see. And when you go beyond what you see, then you really understand what's going on. And you will never understand what's going on if you don't see it, if you don't wait. You can see the, the correspondence between that and Christianity, right? I mean, I'll, I'll make it plain. Oh, what about Clark Kent? Look, this, this dude, he's all bumbly and jumbly. You know, he's all afraid of his editor. He gets no girls, the worst stories. But man, let a problem come and this brother find a phone booth. Come on now. Come on now. He'll throw a planet at you. As a matter of fact, he is Cal L of Krypton. He is so bad, he is the most super bad dude in the Justice League. He is the coldest cat of all the cats. But, you know, when you look at him, he's like Clark Kent, you know. You know. Come on, y'all. y'all. Y'all are getting the point, right? But my favorite of all the comic book heroes is Bruce Wayne. He, he, on, on the surface, he looks just like a guy who's just wasting time, inherited all his dad's billions. All he does is play around with, with women and nothing. He wastes his time. He's, 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 he's just a lightheaded, goofy. We, we, we don't respect a, a Bruce Wayne. But at night in Gotham, without any superpowers, he becomes the dark knight. To me, he's the fiercest of them all. He has no powers. He'll whoop your behind the natural way. The, the natural way. Guys, this, this idea that what we see is not what really is, is a fundamental principle, quite literally, of, of, of the Bible. As a matter of fact, two of my favorite authors wrote about this, the power of fairy story. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, in, to me, one of the most important essays ever written, uh, it's, it's an amazing essay. It was written in the 40s on fairy story. He is the one who's written The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Ring that, uh, that, that has become famous through cinema. He said in this wonderful long essay, he talks about how the Christian story is the supreme story. It's the story of stories. It's greater than any other story. As a matter of fact, it's so supreme because it is not only the greatest story, it is the true story. It's true. And he says in this one little phrase, he says the story, the Christian story is supreme and it is true. And then he says in this statement, art has been verified. God is the Lord of angels and of men and of elves. Come on now. Come on now. I remember when I read that, I said, oh yeah, there's somebody who understands that we live in a world that's virtually magical. Things are not the way they look. We are not, we are not subject to powers that we cannot control. Jesus of Nazareth is Lord. Come on now. He's the Lord. It means we will shine like suns in a new order. Christ will come back, crack the sky, and set up a new kingdom. And we, we will live not only in an alternative Chicago, but in an alternative earth, an alternative universe. This great Nazarene will be Lord, and we will shine like stars and never know fear or harm or doubt or sorrow again. And this is who we are right now. Now, you may not feel that way, right? Come on, y'all. The difference between who Newcom is 
And what Newcom, the way Newcom appears is the whole show. Now, at the, at the Institute, you can't see this well, but we will teach our students to tell the Bible story, the whole Bible story in a minute. We have all of these things, these graphics and art pieces that just tell the whole story so they can understand and be able to communicate to their friends, neighbors, and associates that we as believers see things differently. As a matter of fact, I agree with what Shakespeare said. All the world's a stage. And quite literally, we are part of a story that God is weaving. It's epic. It's huge. It's monstrous. It, it is, it's unified by struggle. Our God Almighty is determined to save out of all of Adam's race a remnant of humankind that will live forever. And the members and friends of Newcom who believe in Christ are part of that great company. Come on now. Golly, if you knew who you were, if you knew what you were and what this was about, if Newcom could step into its identity and who you really are, you would be an alternative Chicago. Come on now. Y'all, this, this is intro. If my wife was sitting there, she'd say, you need to speed up because you ain't going to have time to cover all your points. How can my wife be in my mind? <laughs> After 40 years, my wife is still in my mind when she ain't even here. Just, I know some of the other brothers feel the same way, right? <laughs> Shoot, I don't care. I can admit it. My, if my wife, I, I, will, I will joke sometimes and say, honey, I'm a hen peck. No, she said, no, you ain't a hen peck, you eagle peck. <laughs> oh, don't put me down. I'm, I'm no hen. Guys, what I'm saying is that everything in the story, unforeseen grace, final restoration, it all comes in God's telling of his cosmic drama. And in that story, nothing is as it appears. Nothing. Nothing is as it appears. There are only three little points I want to raise, but it's so important for us to know that the only way we can step into the truth is that we need to allow God's own stated identity of ourselves to become our reality. And the only way you can do that is you've got to pretend your way into it. You know, in C.S. Lewis's wonderful book, Mere Christianity, he has a chapter called Let's Pretend. It's an amazing chapter. You can't read it, I'll read it for you. He says that the only way we can become what God wants us to be is to, is to pretend to be what God says we already are. The C.S. Lewis, the old apologist. The only way we can become what God wants us to be is we need to act like who God says we are. The more you act like it sooner or later, things inside will change. You'll become, you'll become who you already are. You will go back to who you've always been. It's kind of odd, but it's a wonderful thing. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. Why? He says, why is it important to pretend? He says, what is the good of pretending to be what you are not? Well, even on the human level, you know there are two kinds of pretending. He says there's a bad kind of pretending where you pretend where the pretense is there instead of the real thing. It's like when you lie to somebody. That's pretending. I pretend that I like you and I don't like you. That's a bad kind of pretending. But there is, there is as, as when a man is, says he's going to help you instead of really helping you. But he says, but there's also a good kind where the pretense leads up to the real thing. You actually become what you were meant to be. Newcom, I want to declare that if you're going to become what God wants you to be, you're going to have to start pretending to be what you already are. You must rediscover truths that you already know. You must grab low-hanging truth, and you must embrace it with such verve and vigor that it begins to affect you because we live by what we believe, not by what we can see. So there, now, that, that is honestly all my intro. I'm sorry. But, but, but I'm going to go real fast. I'm not lying. You know, when, when I get to heaven, I'm going to form a club called the Eutychus Club. You know who Eutychus was? The brother that fell asleep when Paul was preaching all night? You won't belong to my club in glory if you can't stand a 10-year sermon. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? 
shoot, when we get to glory, I'm going to be able to preach as long as I want. <laughs> Guys, look, there are three things I want you to get, and they correspond directly to Christ's community and cause. I want to just say a few things about them. To see things as they are, we have to affirm that story is at the heart of the gospel, the story of Christ. That's new communities, Christ. You have to believe that the church is center to God's goings on in the world, which correspond to Newcom's community. And then you have to believe in the principle of reversal. Everything in the kingdom is upside down. In other words, you have to embrace the causes of Christ in, in your ministry. Christ, community, and cause. Now, see, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, great minds think alike, new community. Story, I want to talk about gospel, community, and then the principle of reversal. Of three texts, if you're writing an outline, there are three points and three texts. I will read them. The first one is story. I want to read the prolegomena of John's epistle, his first one, uh, the gospel to the world. John sort of in this text sort of explains very cleanly what it means to, to understand what, what God has done in the world. He says in verse 1 of 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Look how tactile that is. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and, and seen, which we've looked upon, touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be full. Guys, to me, this is one of the greatest texts in all the New Testament. The fundamental view of the Bible is that God is telling a story through the prophets and the apostles that has now been manifest to the entire world, a story that is true, that is epic, that is final, that, that speaks to the very heart of God's own cosmic drama. It's God's story. He is the author of it. The Father is the author. Jesus is the champion. The Holy Spirit is the interpreter. And the Scripture is the script. To be a church person, our theology is our confession of the story. Our worship is the reenactment of that story and our affirmation of it. Our, our spiritual formation and discipleship is our embodiment of the story. And our witness to our friends and neighbors is the continuation of that story. One simple story that connects all of the Scripture and all of us in every way. Not millions of subjects, not ethics and morals, not all kinds of false centers of Christianity. To be a Christian is simply to affirm the apostolic testimony that God Almighty has come to this world, that of all the universes, a God that can speak and, and twirl trillions of galaxies in open space determined to come to this place. He actually passed through the, 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 the birth canal of a woman. He became a zygote and was tucked into a uterine wall and came to term. He lived on the earth. Can you imagine anything more spectacular than that idea? God Almighty has come here. Man, a living. If we believe what we say we believe, if we actually believe that, do you know how favored, how amazing, how remarkable we are? This is the story. And because no one else could get it right, God himself came down. Can you imagine that, Nazarene? I love our Lord. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm shameless. I'm shameless. The, the canonical story of the Bible, the, the, the biblical story that is given, begins with the check engine light on for, for life. The universe's check engine light is on. Nothing has ever been right in this world. John can say that which was from the beginning has now come. A lamb has come. The gospel, 
So if you look at the entire gospel of the, the, the Bible itself is one continuing story. The Bible is divided into two unequal parts. Genesis 1, 1 to 3.15 and 3.15 to the end of the Bible. Not, not like equal parts. In, in Genesis 3.15, God makes a promise that he is going to send someone who is going to champion and crush the head of the, of the serpent. He is going to make an end to sin, bring in new life, and hope, give eternal life and freedom again. He will put down death and the devil, all his minions, and restore his creation to its, its original glory and beyond. And this is the biblical story. Everything in the, everything in the Bible just sort of corresponds to that. We follow the promises given. He gives it to Abraham. He gives that promise. He renews it in Isaac. Uh, of, of, he gives it to Jacob. Of all his 12 sons, he gives it to Judah. In, in all of his family, they go through the exodus. They become Israel. God renews the promise to a little scrappy dude, David. Of all the families of David, he eventually, he eventually will, the Messiah will come. Prophetic visions are given. This people goes into captivity. A remnant returns, and there are 400 silent years. And then, Maybe some Tuesday morning, golly, some Saturday afternoon, Gabriel comes to a young virgin daughter. Come on, y'all. I mean, this is made for a preacher. He comes to her and says, dear sister, you the one, girl. In you, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. She's just a little, dang, she's a little virgin sister. She don't know what's going on. See how this is going to happen to me. I, I don't know no man. He said, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and the power of the Most High is going to rest upon you. And the thing that's going to be born from you, see, you should read, by the way, the Bible with tone. Don't think that Gabriel just said, the power of the Most High is going to, and the, 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 no, I think that Gabriel said, sis, I think his eyes were wide open. You the one, girl, we've been waiting on this. And the power of the Most High is going to come on you. And, and God's power and the thing that's going to be born of you is going to be called Holy, the Son of God. He's going to sit on David's throne forever. And of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Now, the physics of that probably didn't help Mary much. Uh, the power of the Most High is going to be upon me. She said, let it be so, even as you say Guys, this story, this story, you don't have to be smart to know this. We're training leaders worldwide who can't even read, who are the most prolific defenders of this story that you will ever see. This story was made for Pope folk and nothing people. This story ain't for just people with money and education and power. This is for Pope folk, raggedy people, small people, people like my family. And when, we, when, this, when, this, when this story comes upon us, then all of a sudden we understand who we are. This is probably the most important photograph in the history of humankind. Now, how can I make a, a statement like this? If you go to Google and type Hubble deep field photographs, uh, the, a group of scientists recently, the Hubble, a, a, good, a, a few thousand miles above the Earth, they aimed the Hubble into complete darkness and said, let's just see what's out there. No one knew. So they just thought they would test it. Now, you know on your, like, camera phone, you're doing a selfie. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're doing a selfie. And when you do it, the shutter just opens and closes, like, real fast to capture what's being seen. They open the, sh the shutter on the Hubble for 11 days they opened the shutter to get every bit of light they could. You know what they found? It's, complete, it's, it's causing a complete sensation in astronomy. They found that there are two-thirds as many stars as we ever thought. If you could see this, every dot on this Hubble deep field, deep field photograph is a galaxy. They, the, we, astronomers are completely 
They're, they're saying that there are so many stars, there are as many stars as there are grains of sand on any beach and under the oceans in the world. We believe that the God who spoke that by his word became a human being and walked on the earth. I mean, what do you think you're dealing with here? Life is not the way you think it is. Do you hear what I'm saying? You need a bigger picture of what's going on in the world. You can't bring your little thumb drive-sized God to, to, to church, and we just sing a few little songs in a very bland way and un, un, unhappy. Guys, we should, we should pass out towels at Newcom, and people should be so wet and soaked Every bit of yourself should be given to a God and to a Lord like this, right? Guys, the only reason we don't get this is that we don't see the, what God has really done. The maker of the universe is telling a story. It comes to us in, in terms of divine promise, Abraham. It's, it's a divine romance. I mean, it's, it's depicted in a number of ways in the Bible. It's spiritual war. But in the same, it comes down to God's presence among humankind and that it has been completely summarized in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, Jehoshua. Here's his name in, in Aramaic, if you can see it. Uh, this, this, this gentle Nazarene, Emmanuel, is the hero of our story. And quite literally, this hero is everything that we think. If you could see these panels, we try to teach this story. Christ is the first point of Newcom's mission. Christ Everyone in Newcom should know this story like you're saturated in a tea bag. Every one of us should know this story. This is the guiding story of our lives. There's nothing I've never heard in all my life. I have a PhD in religion, not Christianity. I've never heard a religious vision as amazing as ours. Never. It's nothing like what we believe. Nothing. Our God actually did come. You know, this is a this is Lent, and I am formed by the church year. I, I sort of, I, that's the way I am. And many of us think about Christmas and Easter, but if you look at the church year, it simply tells the story of Jesus. In Advent, our, our Savior was promised. At Christmas, he was born. During Epiphany, uh, his light was made known to the Magi, to the Gentiles. During Lent, we follow our, this Nazarene to the cross, and during Holy Week, we affirm that our Passover, who was slain, uh, died for us. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Forty days after that, he ascended into heaven. And ten days after that, he sent the Holy Spirit down. This is a very simple story, right? Very easy. Anyone can understand it. The difference between this story really transforming us is when we let this story become our story. Christ's story is now my story. I mean, amazingly, the Comforter has come, and with, with, with our Lord coming at Pentecost, the church will say he is Lord of the harvest. He, he, he is coming back again soon. And, and at the end of the church year, celebrated by hundreds of thousands of congregations over the world, we affirm that he will return and will reign forever in all communions day and, and feast of Christ the King. These, these panels represent this story. It's not hard to know. As a matter of fact, I would suggest that if, if Newcom is going to step into its mission, one of its primary Christian ed goals is that everyone here becomes an expert in the life and the story of the Nazarene. Every one of you. That story is the plume line. It's the guiding line for everything that we think and all that we want to be our worship, our theology, our spiritual formation, and our witness. You know, when you really come to understand the story, one of my favorite, uh, one, one of my favorite things in the world is the Amazon River. Do any of you guys, I, I know that sounds sort of crazy, that a black dude from the city would be really interested in the Amazon, but the Amazon is an amazing thing. It's the largest free bot free water body in the world. It's the longest river. It always, the Nile and the Amazon go back and forth. It's so deep that ocean liners can come into the Amazon and turn around. The largest mammals on earth are in the Amazon. It, at its most extreme width, is 90 miles across. Just that alone 
a river 90 miles across. Now just imagine a ladybug, a grasshopper, and a moth on a leaf with some sticks trying to maneuver their way on the Amazon. Having arguments about where we, I'm going this way. I like this way. The Amazon of God's will is not going to be stopped by nobody here at Newcom. You can roll your, with your little stick as much as you want. You can be on your little leaf and just be got to lean, got to like her. You know, guys, this story is so magnificent that it's so greater than anything we could possibly imagine. We have to wade into this story. Christ must be the foundation of Newcom's mission. It has to be more than just an extreme thing. It has to be who you are. It's the way you breathe. You all know it. You know it by heart. You memorize the text. You can say it anywhere. You're ready for the lectern, for the pulpit, for the street corner, for the living room. Everyone here, from the tiniest child to the oldest saint, must be saturated in this great story. That is what it means to make Newcom, in my mind, its first principle, Christ. The second is community. I'll, I'll speed up. It's hard to speed up when there's so much truth going on here. Guys, if, if, if you're taking notes, you can read this when you have time. It's Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. Ephesians 3, 8 through 12. The church community is central to this great plan of the Nazarene. Paul says in, in chapter 3, verse 8, He says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, through Newcom, the alternate Chicago, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly place. And this was according to the eternal purpose which he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Dear friends, the church is absolutely central to God's plan. If, 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 if Christ And the gospel story is the foundation. The church, being a member of the church. I could be a member of y'all's church. Y'all got cool leaders, a great pastor. Y'all got a great legacy. You're in a cool denomination. Y'all are, this can be a really solid, amazing church. But for you to become what God wants you to be, you have to begin to understand yourself as you really are. As you really are. And, And quite literally, this text just says very clearly that through God's manifold wisdom, the church makes his will known. We're the royal priesthood and the bride of Christ, and through us God has chosen to speak. It means that the cosmic story, I love Hollywood, all the grand epic stories it's dealing with, you know, all the Hobbit series, but the greatest story for the universe actually comes through God's own people. Guys, I don't know what it is, but I've been asked, to be best man at more weddings. I've, I've been asked to stand with more boys than, than I, I don't know what it is about me. Maybe it's my humility, Don. My, 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 my effability, my, my, my warmth and kindness. I don't know what it is, but guys want me to stand with them. You know, they do. And, 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 and so I was thinking actually of going to the Guinness and saying, you know, I've been like in a bunch of best man at a bunch of weddings, you know, maybe. You know, I don't know what I would get. Maybe I would get something. But in the earlier years, when I went to the wedding and I was best man, uh, Brian, you can, you can, I wasn't your best man, but I was in it. I was, I was, was I? I was his best man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And I see Brian was looking good. Janae was beautiful. Janae was off the hook. But the way I stood the first time is like, you know, nobody, no best man is, that's not the way you stand. Now, when I'm the best man, I mean, I got them angles going. I got you. I know who I am. Now, just imagine, just imagine what would have happened 
if I'm best man at Brian's wedding, Janae was coming down. She was just beautiful, man. I was so happy. My friend is, yeah, man, this is, gonna, this is like it. What if I'd taken two steps up and just clocked Janae right in the kisser? Boom. Can you imagine? I wouldn't be alive. I think Brian would have killed me that day. I would have been like dead. But that's what you do every single time you open up your mouth about the church. Every time you say something about church, like you can make it by yourself, like you don't need church, you're giving the Lord's own bride a black eye. How dare you think that you better than the church? You know, a lot of people don't, don't like the kind of personality I have, but y'all, heaven's going to be filled with loud abrasive brothers. I can't wait. I can't wait to go to heaven because I'm going to get a... I'm, I'm just going to be messing with the quiet people. And say, I can see Gabriel now. Don, would you please get, Lord, Don is just terrorizing the, the, the quiet, you know, meditative newcom people. <laughs> I've been talking to him about it. Y'all, look, I am the proverbial brother your daddy never told you about. <laughs> Come on now. Do you think that everybody in heaven is going to be like you? What's the fun in that? Y'all, we are quite literally the body of Christ. We are the ones who are, who are commissioned to tell the story and to get it out and to, and to help people understand. It's our story. You know, I like Cyprian, the great church father, the great Af African father of the third century. Cyprian could say, there is no salvation outside the church. He said it in pristine Latin. I love Latin. He just said it in just eloquent Latin. And he went on in the same, same document. He said, can he have or she have God as his father before he has hurt, had the church for his mama? Yeah. This is the way I would translate what he said. <laughs> if the church ain't your mama, God ain't your daddy. You can't just do this on your own. If you want to be a Christian, you need to find a community and join it. There's no Christianity. There is no salvation outside the church. I'm a church boy. I, I'm, I mean this with all my heart. I, I don't want to go to heaven just myself. That's, you know, but I know I'll give you, you, you church haters, I'll give you, those of you who know you who you are, I'll give you credit. No good church. There, you've never found a wonderful church. As a matter of fact, if you join it, it won't be wonderful no more. Uh, it's, it's like what this one of my favorite guy said, the church is like Noah's Ark. Uh, if it weren't for the storm outside, you couldn't stand the stankiness inside. Y'all, this is the truth. Every church stank. Can we say that? How do you say that theologically, Pastor Michael? The, 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 the expiatory sacrifice of our Lord does not prohibit or inhibit the inherent stankiness of the ecclesial assemblies that we, you know. Hey, I'm trained. I'm trained. There is no such thing as a church that's perfect. You go to church. I would, if I were in a place and there were only six blind Nepalese sisters, all dear, and I didn't know a word they said, I'm going to go to that church. They are my people. I'm not lying. They are my people. I love the church. So there's a difference between just having the word community on a page and having real disciples who would die for her, who will defend her in everything, who will give all their money and time, will make the church a priority. In my theology, in my theology, Jesus is the foundation, but the church is the center. As a matter of fact, you can't see this. I'll make this available to Pastor Peter. So if you want to look at the text, you can see this. The New Testament says this, but only in a sort of a, in, in a, in a more theological way. The church is one with the Lord. The Bible says that we are made one in Christ. We're baptized into him. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him, ascended with him. There are texts in the New Testament that say that we as his people ascended and sit with him in heavenly places. It says that if we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. We will be resurrected in him. We will see him as he is. We will be made like him. 
We are joint heirs with him, and amazingly, the church is going to rule forever with him. Whatever happened to him is going to happen to us. We're one. To really wade into this, Pastor, is to give people a whole new identity. I can work for anybody, but my identity, I can pay bills anyway. But my identity, I love black life. Ain't that just like beautiful, y'all? I love black life, but I'm more than a black man. Come on now. Is all that you are wrapped up in your language, in your maleness, in your particularity? Or is there something greater than that? Greater than that. Dear friends, I am telling you that this is the very heart of, of the Scripture. One final point. I know I've sort of taxed y'all. I can't tie my shoe in 20 minutes. I can't. <laughs> One final point. Christ is the foundation. The church is the community. One final point. In the, in the New Calm mission statement, it is cause. The cause of Jesus. Let me give you an angle on that cause. The cause of Christ is diametrically opposite of what we think it might be. As a matter of fact, the principle is reversal. The poor, those who are poor, made heirs of the kingdom. Now, that I believe that every single church is an embassy of God. You know what an embassy is? Newcom is an alternative Chicago. The very life of the age to come is being experienced in the members of Newcom or at least should. And in that life, the life of the age to come, you give demonstration and proclamation of that life to your friends and neighbors and family and associates. The very life, I mean the very same life, the forgiveness, the restoration, the healing, all of that is available. By the way, if you don't know Christ, this is a place where you can be restored, healed, transformed. You can be completely brought to new life in Christ. It's amazing what a church has. You're the custodian and the steward of the message of never-ending days in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Here, anybody can get it. <laughs> wow, it's like, dang. Aren't y'all excited about that or what? I mean, I look, y'all looking at me like, you know, I'm, I think he's going to pop. He's going he's gonna to blow. He's going to blow. Guys, that means, let's flog this, this image a little bit. In, you know what a passport is? It's an official document that sort of authorizes you to travel and it bears that you, you have identity and citizenship. The Bible says that we are a chosen race, 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Golly. Once you had not received mercy, but now, Don Davis, you have received mercy. It means that I am an ambassador for Christ. Newcom is an outpost of heaven. All of Newcom people are ambassadors and agents for an unseen world. Unseen. If, so, you, if somebody wants to know the character of the kingdom, all they have to do is just interview somebody at Newcom, right? Come on now. Come on, y'all, pretend. Pretend. <laughs> yes, right? Yes, we know Christ. We have that word in us, the words of never-ending life. We have it. We are the custodians of it. And we can promise right now, right this moment, that if a person repents and believes, I don't care how many track marks they got, they can smell like urine, they can be sort of mumbling in their mind, the Holy Spirit can arrest that person and bring them to new life and they can be restored. Because new calm is an outpost of the kingdom of God. I'm just saying, how do you live into that if you've just been walking around discouraged and not knowing who you are? Guys, our citizenship is in heaven. From, whom, from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be made like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to do everything. 
and bring everything under his own control. Guys, we prophesy deliverance to the broken and the poor because God has chosen the poor to be rich in faith. And amazingly, the principle of reversal, everything is upside down in the kingdom. The grace of God works best among the folk who deserve it the least. That's the principle. The people who are most suspect are the ones who, frankly, understand its logic best of all. This is not just my own thought. James said it. Listen, my beloved brother, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? So, frankly, God's story and our story is a little bit different. We have to sort of, we, we, have, to, we, we have to change. We have, to, we have to begin to see people not as they appear, but as they can be. There's a guy, let me give you a quick story as I close, about, by a dear friend of ours who leads one of our satellites. His name is Samuel Mufong. I met him uh, in a maximum security prison uh, where he was on a charge of involuntary manslaughter. He had, he had tried to, his wife was, was having an affair. He wrestled and tussled with her and, and, and her lover. Uh, the gun went off, uh, shot her dead, and he found himself uh, in a prison, completely depressed, and yet a, 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 a Christian. God actually, uh, he, he repented and believed. He had credentials. Uh, he was still a prisoner, but he, he had a, he had a, a Ph.D. from the University of Nebraska. And, he, and, he, and I remember when I met him, I, I just knew that God had something special for this brother. It was through Sam that we started our very first prison satellite in 2004. Uh, it's, this is the first class of these guys. Most of them are murderers or all of them were felons. Uh, I, remember, I remember being with them and teaching those guys, teaching them the things that I'm saying now that Christ is the center of our lives, that, that we are part of the community and we can have a new identity. We, you, don't have to be the, you don't have to consult your memory to look at your future anymore. That's Christianity. I can, be, I can be different. I can be new. This guy went on to not only excel, but through his excellence and what God did with that group of guys, we have now sort of grown our ministry into prisons from that one modest prison to 57 prisons across the country. We're training hundreds of prisoners, all of whom, quite honestly, have backgrounds that are shady, but not one of whom is beyond the grace and the reach of God. It's just the way we think. The reason why you can have a cause, why cause can be one of your significant planks in your mission statement is because that's the way the kingdom is. The kingdom is for the broken and the small and the ugly and the unlovely, the people who are, who are least likely, the ones who are on the fringes, the wallpaper folk. That's what the kingdom is going to be filled with. <laughs> I love the irony of God. Broken, hurting, tragic people being flowered by the grace of God into these noble, amazing champions of the Lord. You know, uh, I like this picture. I think this is L.A. County Jail. Is that right, Kathy? This, uh, we have satellites and teaching uh, in many places. When you are around the poor and you got nothing, then you can turn a garbage scow into a baptism font. Come on now. You can, you can get the lowest, most broken people. And if you ain't got no water, you can get something else. Because in Christ, there's nothing we can't do in our representation for him. We represent him. You see, that's the principle of reversal. Guys, everything in the kingdom is dramatically different. We see things not as they are, but as the Lord declares them to be. We're citizens and agents of a new kingdom. It means, guys, God's thoughts are not our own. Yeah, we know these truths. This is nothing new to the members of NewCon. Jesus is Lord. He's defeated the powers. Restoration and healing are available. The powers of the age to come are now present in the church. We know all of that. Guys, if you want to do yourself a great study, then go to the New Testament and simply track every citation in the teaching of Jesus where he will, where he will say the kingdom is completely upside down than what you think. For instance, I'll give, you, I'll give you a good running start. He said that the poor will become rich and the rich will become poor. 
that the humble will be exalted and the big shots will be brought low. He said that the blind will see and those who claim to see will be made blind. He said we only become free by becoming slaves to Christ. And Paul said that God has chosen the foolish in the world to shame the wise, the weak in the world to shame the strong. That's, that's, this is just basic, open your Bible and read it. You gain the next world by losing this one. You become the greatest by being the, the, the servant of all. If you store up treasures on earth, they will rust, and not all the old brand and Nordic tracking on earth is going to keep people alive. Everybody you know is going to the, the memorial park, and everything we got is going to the junkyard, and there's nothing you can stop. If the Lord tarry, every single one of us are going to meet our own mortality. The grace of Jesus, quite literally, it, 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 it's, the first will be last and the last first. The grace of Jesus is perfected among those who are most vulnerable. And I believe that the highest place on earth is still at the foot of Christ. So, guys, this is not, I mean, I didn't have time. You can't do this in a sermon to sort of unpack all of this. But you can see that th- I'm not making something up. The logic of Scripture is that the way you think it is is not the way it is. No, it's not that way. It's not getting ahead that makes you something. It's getting low. The grace of God works just like liquid. It goes to the lowest spot first. Then it begins to rise. <laughs> it's like if you, if you don't die to yourself, you'll never understand the life of Christ. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But it's dramatically unlike what we think. One final idea. I think the newcom should start a new ministry, Peter, of frog kissing. <laughs> I think you have people with lips. They can kiss. Uh, I think Peter has probably kissed a few frogs in his day. Guys, you know Fred Beekner. Fred Beekner, in a wonderful little text, says, look, he, he's talking about kissing frogs and, and this, this world of the fairy tale, how it's different. He says this. He says, if What is true of the creatures on a hero's quest in these stories, these fairy stories? It's true of the hero himself, who at any moment can be changed into a beast or a stone or a king or or have his his heart turned to ice. He's in talking about fairy stories. He says there are tales about transformation where all creatures in the tales are revealed in the end as what they truly are. The ugly duckling becomes a great white swan. The frog becomes a prince. The beautiful but wicked queen is unmasked at last in her ugliness. He says that fairy tales are tales of transformation where the ones who live happily ever after, as by nobody does, he says in fairy tales, not everyone does it. He said everyone in the end are transformed into what they have it at their best to be. And I'm just thinking that if Newcom takes its own mission statement seriously, Newcom will begin to step into a story that is so magnificent, it will transform everyone here, everyone. Because we do not walk by, by, by sight, we walk by faith. Guys, I, I, we don't know when it's gonna happen, but we know that ugly ducklings and trapped frogs, and, you know, the very best lies ahead. One day the cages will open. We will, the things that are now unseen will become seen and we will become what, what God has it in us to be. My sincere prayer for you guys is that you will simply become what you were meant to be. That you can, you can just embrace Newcom's three, Christ, community, and cause. Story, community, and reversal. Guys, uh, I'm an African-American, and so for us in, in the sort of religious world that I'm in, uh, the metaphors and things, all of our lives are about traveling back to who we are. Yeah, all of our songs and liturgies are that way. You, you, go, you go back to understand who you are, and then you can become what you were meant to be. You know, courage, courage is found in unlikely places, uh, Tolkien said. I, I, I have prayed in my heart, God knows, for Newcom. I hope, to, I hope that God will use us uh, in fundamental partnership in the future, Peter. Uh, with man, nothing, things are impossible. With, but with God, 
all things are possible. I hope you guys will lift weight and do things that are beyond what you think you can do. I hope you don't look at your bank account or the people on your board or the things that you have and then make judgments about your future. I hope that you will think about what you really mean and that you will become an alternative to Chicago. I do. This is my last word. May the, may the Assembly of New Community Church come to see things as they truly are and be ready, quite literally, to rescue spellbound royalty by gladly smooching every frog y'all can. I hope y'all will pucker up. There are many, many frogs waiting to be kissed by the members and the friends of New Community Church. And all you have to do is to begin to see as God does. Just begin to see as the Lord does. Things are not as they appear. Things are as he says they are. 